0: Welcome to the Life Junkie Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Life Junkies Podcast, episode 26, NXT Takeover War Games and Survivor Series Review. Um, in a world where Josie Mourinho is Tottenham Hotspur manager and in a world where Pep Guardiola's Man City are playing part of the bus football to grind out a 2-1 win against Chelsea, we are here, ready to talk wrestling. So why I came with a football intro, I don't know. Um, a few things I want to talk about in the intro. Chris obviously isn't here because he probably would have interrupted me to insult Chelsea during that bit. Um... We couldn't quite make ourselves time up. I haven't. He hasn't been able to record anything himself. Anyway, so this you're stuck with just me. So the the, the Chris fans, the screaming teenage Chris fans, will have to take a break on this episode and come back hopefully next week. Because if he doesn't come on next week, then the podcast I'm planning won't work. Uh, anyway, um, intro. We've got a lot to talk about. So Jim Cornette first. Before we get into, and we've got a whole two pay per views, and these two can take a long time or whatever, but. Jim Cornette resigning from the NWA. Now, I might get <laughs> might get a little bit of stick for, for talking about this, but I think it's 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 interesting and it's it's an issue. So for those that don't know, Jim Cornette was calling for NWA power, uh, the YouTube show they put up, they put up every week, the one-hour YouTube show, and he was a colour commentator on there, doing his Jim Cornette bit. But then he made a remark on one of the episodes that went up last week, um, which he (laughs) he he was big enough Trevor Murdoch, who he's a big fan of. I listened to his podcast and he's a big fan of Trevor Murdoch. And he said, Trevor Murdoch is so tough he could strap a bucket of fried chicken to his back and ride through Ethiopia. Now... He says, and I sort of, I believe him on this point. He says that it wasn't racist. He wasn't. It wasn't a black joke. It was a starving joke, which doesn't isn't really better. <laughs> but he straight away people went for him and and went at him and went at uh, NWA and they took it down and cut the audio a little bit and then posted it back up without the comment. Which, by the way, this has gone through. Cornette, whoever's live, whoever's listening to it at the time, because there'll be someone producing him, he's got someone sat next to him I haven't actually watched NWO Power yet it's one of those ones where you go, I should get around to watching that, but then you just, life exists doesn't it, so it's got through them, it's then got through the editing stage and you upload and people you know, you, if if you're not me and if you're a professional editor that knows what you're doing you listen to the product that you're editing as you edit it and it's got through all these people and everyone. going yeah it's fine, 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 blah Boom, and then and sounds like Jim Cornette has resigned, and he's just gone, "You know what? I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'm done." And maybe, you know, maybe it's a bit mutual on both sides. Maybe they're fed up because it's the second time there was issues of a comment he made regarding suicide. Again, I don't know what the comment was. He claims he didn't say anything, but it's all this sort of tricky. Um, The thing to remember in all of this, and that I I believe. Is Jim Jim is a is a liberal. So I don't think it was intentional. Jim is Jim is a man almost out of place with his his the way he acts and the, the his version of speech. But he's not you you can listen to it from hearing him. He's not a racist man, he's a liberal, he's uh he has all these you know, he believes in equality and this and that and you know, while well, I'll disagree with him about women's wrestling and I believe women's wrestling can be bigger than it is now women can rival men's if you give it the chance he is still but even so the comments were the joke was bad it wasn't funny whether it's a racist joke or a starving joke it's not that much better really both are pretty bad pretty grim jokes to make so well there you go that's my opinion on the Jim Cornette issue that you didn't want. Um, I was going to talk a bit about AEW, but I really want to talk about Chris of that, so I'll probably leave that until the next wrestling podcast we do. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break and I'll come back and talk about NXT TakeOver War Games.
0: This is a life drinking podcast.
1: So, NXT TakeOver War Games. Wow. What a show. So, we kick off with a Women's War Games match with Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Nox, and Dakota Kai, versus Shayna Baszler, Ira Shry, Bianca Bella and Kay Lee Ray. So, really hot opener. You've got, before the match, you've got Mia Yim who's knocked out. So, Rhea Ripley, us, Dakota Kai to join the team. Heels have the advantage anyway because they've got first person in advantage. Um, Then, so you've got, uh, who starts the match? Is it Belair that starts the match? Or Shirai? So it's, yeah, yeah. So Belair or Shirai starts, and then one of them comes in first. I can't remember which way around now. But so you've got, uh, so one of them starts with Candice LeRae, then the other one comes in, then Ripley's in, and Kaylee Raven comes down, teases weapons, but he gets in. Boom. So it's three against two, and then it's time for Dakota Kai to come down. She comes out, then turns around and attacks Knox, which, uh, from videos I've seen from inside the stadium, the crowd went mental for. There was massive heat on it. But she attacks Knox. She pulls off the knee brace because she's bashing the door and gets the knee. It was brutal. She then walks out, so they've lost both Kai and then Knox because Knox got a fight. So, Baszler, by the way, Baszler during all of this was perfect she was laughing she had the, the, the reactions brilliant they were big so we could see them while she's in a cage she's still laughing when she walks down acting the cat's got the cream that brilliant sort of cocky heel of well we've won this because they've just imploded four against two we can't lose and then um, the rest of the match was a really well booked um, fighting for underneath style match with Ripley and Candice Both getting every now and then they get the upper hands and then they'd be sort of pushed back down again, and it was this brilliant. Um, and the end came when uh she gets so Ripley, Rhea Ripley gets the cable ties on uh on Shayna Baszler, she cable ties her her hands together. It's It's been a whole, it's been a whole three or four days since I've watched this, shocking, but um. So she cable ties hands together and she, she puts her through a table and then gets to the pin one, two, three. Done. Um, Rhea Ripley has looked really, really good as of late since she's come up to uh, main NXT. I um, wasn't too impressed with her in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, she got a big push and also, obviously they were very hot on her, but I wasn't, she didn't really do anything that showed to me that she's a great talent, but honestly since she's moved up and since she's been feuding with, with Baszler she has looked every inch a star and she's the one she is the star on the roster I think she's even outshining Baszler which is what a, a face is supposed to do with a heel they're meant to be the star and the heel is that bad person you want to see beaten so she's done brilliant both of those two women are brilliant in the ring amazing and um, I, I've called this before and I'm gonna say it again, she will be the new the next NXT Women's Champion, and it will be sooner rather than later. Um both me and Chris were wrong on that one. Shayna Baszler, Shirai, Belair, and Katie Ray all lost. So nil nil for us. Uh moving on, we've got the number one contenders match for the NXT title Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Um it was nice in the preview to hear Chris work his way around to my train of thought. Actually I took his audio clips and I, I edited it in and didn't listen, so he could have been on there effing and Jeffing and calling me every name under the sun. But I edited it all together and then put it out and then when it was released I then listened to it. Skip past my bits of course because who wants to hear yourself? But it was nice to sort of listen to Chris in, in a proper way like everyone else would. I say by everyone else, the three people that probably listens. it's quite a it's quite a big claim for is there three whole people. I wish anyway, um, but it was nice for him to work his way around. He started, I think he was going for Killian Dane at the start, and then argued wrapped himself back round to Pete Dunn, Dunn makes sense, and Dunn of course won because he is he's he's got the the most experience out of all of them. he's also probably got the best conditioning to do two big nights in a row, and I know doing two matches in a row isn't that big a thing in wrestling like the wrestlers they tend to wrestle five nights a week, but it's it's. It's completely different doing a pay-per-view match, doing a house show match. There's completely different levels that you've got to go to. So to do that big pay-per-view match two nights in a row, Pete Dunn's the go to one. Um, I thought it was really decent match, despite the limitations of um, obviously Dane and Priest. Um, I don't think it was well served by being a triple that match. I think you could have done done going two one against Priest. So they they do the, they do one all and then Dunn gets, they go, oh, this is a match to qualify for number one contenders match. And then Dunn wins that. And then Dane, or even go, this is number one contenders match on NXT. And then Dane comes out and attacks Dunn after Dunn's won that. And then they go, well, you know, I'm going to put my number one contendership online against you, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it was for, it was triple threat and it's still decent. There you go. Pete Dunn with a win. Both me and Chris predicted him. although well, I feel Chris should only get half a point because he's going to go for killing Dane in the start. Sure, go carry on. Um, <laughs> Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor, another really good match. Um, I'm right with seasonal, re, re, seasonal, just seasonal. Does need some Riddle. No, Riddle needs some seasoning. Um, but he's got he, the kid's got talent. Uh, he he definitely needs to send NXT for it. He's not someone that would have been going at the main roster if we're still doing that. And said people seem to be coming back down. But he's he's got really good and with a bit of maturing in NXT. He'll be one of the top guys in, you know, a few years, depending on who comes down. Um, Balor had to get the win. It was obvious because he needs to punctuate his return and go, I am here. I am a top man. And I think he's going up against Champa. Maybe we went up against Champa this week. I know Chris mentioned something like Ballard to me. I haven't managed to watch NXT this week. It's now Thursday. I'm supposed to be going up tomorrow. Um, the question is, of course, where does Balor go next? If he's, if he's fighting Champa, does he go straight for the title? Who's the one that fights for the big gold next? I don't know. I'll talk about that. I might talk about that when I talk about the NXT title match. Uh, but Finn Balor have a win here. The obvious win. There's not really much more to say about that one. And um, the last part for this is the men's war games match. The Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Jaija Kovic and the surprise man, Kevin Owens. Um, just sort of... Wow was my was my first reaction after watching this. Um, so Kevin Owens comes out; he's the TVA, which got a great reaction. I was happy for it. I wasn't, and I wasn't watching NXT when it was Kevin Owens' first spell there, so I probably haven't quite got that same emotional reaction. I had a much bigger reaction for Finn Balor coming back on TV, but um, I know people did watch it back then, and people have said, you know when Finn Balor came back the main thought was well why isn't it Kevin Owens because he was bigger and it maybe it suits him more I Balor has been terribly misused on the main roster he had that that one night Universal title run before he got injured and he never was given any sort of trust again after that he never managed to get He I think he had even had the Intercontinental title for a while but he wasn't trusted they didn't give him a long run or a decent run or a strong run Whereas Owens at least had that long run with the world title. I know he had Chris Jericho to back him up and it was in a time when everyone was injured. But he still got that big run and he was still a big name, even though a lot of his feuds were pretty bad, badly written. But he still was a fixture. So I don't know it's, it's who's but who's worse off. It's the, the free northerner sketch, isn't it? Um, I hadn't picked up on this, but... Gargano being injured through this match off. So it's supposed to be Bala versus Gargano. And then with Gargano being injured, they had to pick someone up. So Riddle was the man. Bala came out and insulted him for a bit and he came out to defend his own honour. Um so that's why we got the, the, the to be announced and then Kevin Owens coming down. So um I thought Gargano was just staying off T V for a bit to to heal up or whatever, but no that was he's genuinely so um, it seems there's no timetable for his return but it doesn't seem serious so it's not a big worry I guess Uh, talk about the match it was quite a spot fest but you're always going to get that with a War Games match there's with the two rings and the the cage around you and all that there's too much there for you to have a good classic wrestling match and to be perfectly honest the people in the stadium aren't really going to see it properly with the cage so you've got to have this sort of big grandiose spot fest where it's all a bit but that doesn't mean you can't work it well and use proper wrestling psychology, which they, did. I felt they did. So, um, this is a great match, and this was the right closer. There was, there was a point after the women's match after that finish. We thought, should this, this feels like it really should have ended the show. Why have they gone? Is this, is this just more men of better women from from WWE, or is there going to be? And then with that finish. With Jumper dropping uh Adam Cole through the two tables from the side of the the cage one, two, three, there's no way no way anything could have followed that. You simply can't. So that's your choice, there you go. The women's match was brilliant and a brilliant ending, but you, you can't you can't follow an ending like that. So in the end they made they did they make the right decision. There you go. Um, right, I have sped through that. I'm getting through this. It's this going to be quite a quick podcast, I believe. <laughs> it's just me. when well, I've got no Chris to bounce off. I get through it quicker, and I'm not rambling because I've got proper notes this time. Actually, proper notes. There's there's a few matches, mainly Survivor Series matches that I didn't have any notes on last week. You couldn't tell, could you? Because I rambled a bit. Anyway, um, I will take another quick break, and then I'll be back to run down the slightly larger Survivor Series card.
0: Yeah, listening to Life
1: Thinking's podcast. Survivor Series. Now, there's a lot of people who be talking about this show and saying, well, there's not really anything at stake. There's no issues. Maybe if you're fighting for a draft pick or this or that. But to be perfectly honest, I quite like the idea of just an exhibition. Where you have fun and just have a laugh and just watch a decent match. I don't think, and I'm the one that's always advocating for storylines to make sense for going into matches and blah blah. And uh, my first virus series was that big Smackdown vs. Raw one with Batista, where they, took, they powerbombed him through a car and he had the, the taping around his waist and he looked he was the leader of the Smackdown locker room and it was brilliant. Honestly, I, I still go, I've gone back and watched that a few times and I love that era and that. Um, the run up to that pay-per-view and they they carried on the SmackDown vs Raw theme for a while and that was again logical because it spanned over a few it wasn't just right now we're fighting it's 5 series okay now we're done it was and it had aftermath and it was um, that was when Batista and Rey Mysterio were teaming up because he was he he was attacked by uh, it was the Kane and Big Show I can't remember what the name of the the stable was but yeah it made sense it was great whereas when they've done it since then it's like oh let's just fight for a bit okay now we'll stop so that's but if you treat it as an exhibition as a bit of fun then i think i was looking forward to this which is odd for me because i don't tend to look forward to the main card stuff it had a lot to live up to war games was fantastic and i don't think it quite hit the war games high but you're not going to get that from the main roster because they're achieving a different thing and the to be perfectly honest it's not the wrestling fans like me and you, the guys that watch NXT, we're not their main market. Uh, we are part of their market, but we're not what they're aiming for. It's always going to be the kids, and they've got to make something that appeals to both. And that's the, the, the difficulty we have, doing that and also pleasing a an old billionaire. So anyway, we start, of course, as always, with a pre-show, the tag team Battle royal, won by Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. This was pointless. I have nothing more to say. Cruiserweight title, Kalisto versus Tozawa versus Leo Rush, the champion, also on the pre-show. Um, just a point, I don't think we've mentioned it in the podcast, but the Cruiserweight title is now the NXT Cruiserweight title, so um, there's been a lot of talk since then that 205 Live could be no more. I think there's two weeks that they've, uh, they haven't recorded one and just put an old one up in its place in the slot. I don't think that's a particularly bad thing. 205 Live's great, the matches on it are great, but you don't really... And it's it's hard to have proper storylines on it, and there's only one belt, so to to merge it into NXT, especially now NXT is a bit longer, makes sense to me. That's the way I would go. No build-up to this match at all, not on NXT, not on anything. It might have been a two o five live, but I don't watch two o five live because no one no one watches two o five live. This was typified by commentary, who spent the whole time talking about the Angel Garcia versus Leo Rush feud and or how that's affecting him and or oh, he's got Garcia to deal with rah, rah, rah. and which completely buries the match by the way. Like, if you're not there talking about the match, then nobody watching is gonna care about the match and it's pretty obvious that there's really no chance of Rush losing the title here. So it's an easy win. So that was Rudin Ziggler of SmackDown, Rush's NXT, and then the final match in the pre show was of course the tag team freeway the tag team champion freeway i guess is the best way to say it um which of course is because wwe don't care about their tag teams even though even though they have some brilliant tag teams in there nah we don't care cool but um this was won by viking raiders it was the viking raiders versus the new day versus um Riley and bobby fish of the undisputed era chris's favorites win so he will be very very happy uh, we both went for the New Day, which I, obviously Chris doesn't doesn't trust the Viking Raiders to get the win, but they did, so Chris, you should trust in your boys a bit more. Um, the finisher is called the Viking Experience, funnily enough, which is their old tag team name. So, cool. Uh, for a pre-show match it was alright. All the brands going to the show level, which, again, is the point that the pre-show is pointless. That way they can sort of add the tag team match in which they didn't last year and everyone caught on to and um, have it still not mean anything so way to go they are they are working everyone Um, I wanted to have a quick chat about titles here because this is I know in the in the preview I brought up titles and had a moan about titles in the uh, talk about the the Bray Wyatt match because he has changed the colour of his title funnily enough the fiend while being a, an evil undead-esque monster he still respects the brand he's on because why not why or whatever but um here we have the, the example and i don't want so because there's not a massive amount to talk about in this match i may as talk about it here here we have the example of viking raiders of War tag champions new day of the smackdown taking champions the exact same belt but blue and red. And Chris uh, Chris defended them somewhat. He said, oh, what are they supposed to do? Um, so here's my answer. And so when I when I was but a young man and I watched WWE, it was still just WWE. You had your, your one world title. You had your one tag team title. So for tag team titles, you had your European title, your hardcore title, and your intercontinental title. Cool. Um, that's back in the days when all I could watch was the WWE experience at 10am on Sky for an hour, so I never actually got to watch a Raw or a Smackdown at that point, and definitely, I was nowhere near a pay-per-view at that age. Um, but when I got back into wrestling when I was 14-ish, uh, I came in right in the middle of the brand split, and you had the WWE title, which at that time was held by John Cena as Spinner Belt, which everyone has hated, which I don't I don't think it's quite as ugly as everybody else thought, but cool. Whatever. But on the other brand, you had the big gold belt, the World Heavyweight Championship, previously the WCW Heavyweight Championship, which is the single most beautiful title belt ever in existence. Don't at me. You can't. There is nothing. Nothing is nicer than the big gold belt. It's a beautiful belt. The, be- the the Big Gold Belt, I think you call it the Beautiful Belt? The Beautiful Belt was not a copy of the WWE title. It was a world title of its own right. It came in with its own uh, prestige, with its own history, and I know they cut the history off when Triple H gave it to himself from Raw. That's cool. If you don't want to acknowledge your competition, you've brought them, you don't have to. But the fans knew that belt meant something, and it meant far more than Than what the the list on WWE.com said. Yes I am the man that went through WWE.com. And researched history of belts. Because I am that sad. There is a reason why I am a history student right now. But. (laughs) The point of that was. It was a belt in it's own right. That gave it a certain power. To itself. It had that feeling about it. You now. When you look at the universal title. Which is just red or blue, depending on what brand it's on, it is a fake copy of the proper WWE title. That's it. That's all it is now. So it doesn't have that. And fans and fans trying to bullshit at the event that it was put out on, and it's sort of a shattered title match, which was a very good title match at that pay per view. And I don't think that's necessarily on because you're punishing the wrestlers for something that isn't their fault. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor didn't choose that belt design; they didn't go for that. They might have sat there and gone, "That's horrible," just like everyone else did. And but it is—it's—it's it's this sort of this laziness of "Well, we can't bother to think of a new belt design," and they can. You look at the Intercontinental Title belt, which they've just replaced. That is a beautiful belt. Even you know what? Even the Copper Tag Team belts not a bad looking belt but put it on a put it on a black belt and have that as a singular belt and again the time i'm talking about we had the wwe tag team titles and we had the world tag team titles two completely distinct belts that had their own lineage their own and you could tell them apart i don't know (laughs) i don't know who the SmackDown champions are and who the Raw champions are, I I I genuinely don't know. There's no, and they come out and it's just a different kind of belt and it's not. But they meld into one because there's no, there's no, they've got nothing to signify that they are different to the other belt. They're the same belt, but just and the same with the women's. If you want, they don't. It, it makes both belts look worse because they don't have their own distinct look. and <laughs> This is we are in. This is a, a business that is built around title belts. That's the whole point. Without the title belts, I think I said this in the preview. Without the title belts, this is all pointless. We are just people. We, don't, we are just people watching people fight for pieces of leather. So, when you, when you have these title belts that look exactly the same, with a just cookie cutter, but with a different color to them. You're exposing everything. You're exposing the ridiculousness of it. I, you don't have to bring back the big gold belt. I would love it if you brought... You know what? If you brought the big gold belt... If, if The Fiend had pulled out the big gold belt... When, when he re- revealed the brand new Universal title... I would watch Smackdown every week. Boom. That's it. Done. I will watch for that belt. Fine. <laughs> because it makes me happy and while I wasn't around for it's original run I loved that belt from it's it's WWE run but for, first of all the ridiculousness of a character like The Fiend or Bray Wyatt just to change the belt colour because it's on a different brand is it's just there's, there's no logic there's no storyline logic there <laughs> but it's it, it means less uh, even if he gone but even if he pulled out a completely different but new belt I would have gone, alright, that's cool, I'm I'm happy with that, we can move on. But it will always be a fake copy, especially the the, the Universal title belt more than the Women's Championships, more than the Tag Team Championships, because it is pretty much a copy of the WWE title. Just the WWE title is a proper title, whereas this is just a coloured version of that title. Which means, which means if you think it gives off a mystique that the universal title isn't a world title, and no matter how many times you give it to Brock Lesnar or Sephiroth, or you know, or a, a, another, I don't think any other really big wrestlers had it, but no matter how many times you do that, no matter how you give it to, if you give if you if you bring the Undertaker back in stone cold so they can fight over it, that will still be, in my eyes, a secondary title. The, uh, the main world title in WWE is the WWE title. you you, you can call it the universal title if you want ain't a proper world title i'm sorry but it's not and for me the nxt title means more than that abomination of a universal title and that's fine i've spent far too long (laughs) moaning about titles (laughs) i'm at my best when i get on a rant i'm sure of it i hope i am anyway because there's a lot of rants um but now we get to the show proper the Women's Survivor Series match Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Oscar, Carrie Sane, and uh, Logan something Logan Logan versus Team Smackdown Sasha Banks, Camilla, um, Brooke. Oh, I forgot her name in the preview and I've forgotten her name now. <laughs> Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke, got it. Lucy uh, Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross versus the announced the night before women's team of Rhea Ripley Iroh Shirai Candice LeRae Tony Storm and Bianca Bella now I'm sure this was mentioned on was it Smackdown that Tony Storm came out with some of the women and there was a picture of the five of them together going well this is the NXT team for for Survivor Series so I wasn't surprised when Storm came out and I said in the preview I expected her to be on it and I'm sure she was on Smackdown so they sort of gave it away a bit beforehand um I'm going to say it again because it's a point so good I'm making it twice. Rhea Ripley is so good. So good. Um, So, match this sort of general Survivor Series fair until Oscar turns on Charlotte Flair with the green mist in the eyes and she's blinded and pinned by uh, uh, Lacey Evans. Which, I don't know why I Know you can't see, but as a, as a wrestler, you'd normally sort of try and fight. It's not going to be all one hit and you're down, is it? Like, they could have at least had her do a finishing move on her, although the punch is a finishing move, isn't it? It's the woman's right. I just look, it just looked naff to me. Um, but we fight down with women away, doing doing. Um, we've had was it Iro and Candice LeRae are helped off with apparent head injuries, but they're not stretched out, it's not, they're just. On the arm of a, of a referee, which like in the course of a match, the wrestler is in a far worse condition. So if, if, you, want, if you want, I don't know, um, but we don't know how they're trying to book this. And what the logic is behind it, but fine. Um, but we we are now down to in the end we get down to just Natalia from Team Raw, Sasha Banks from Team SmackDown, and Rhea Ripley from Team NXT. Um, Banks and Natalia decide they're going to team up against Ripley, with Ripley being the interloper. And then Sasha goes, Natalia, why don't you go first? Which is like, that's, you know, that you're about to be attacked in the back when they do that. It's, that's how it always works. But Natalia, who wins Most Gullible Superstar Slammy, goes to attack Ripley. And then Sasha turns on her and pins her. So then it's just Sasha and Ripley. And they go it for a bit until the two women um, that had gone off injured earlier air quotes come back down and get involved to help ripley get the win so boom team nxt win um that is the first match in which we me and chris have gone for different people and i get the win there unlucky chris See, he thought by copying a load of my picks he could he could try and sneak a win with a few different ones but he he forgets that i know all um, which i'm about to prove myself wrong in the next match but cool um i it's a clever idea to get two of the women that were in the longest in the women's war games match to give them a bit of a break because again it's especially a war games match it's heavy going so um why don't um will the nXt women's division being the best in the world i think that is best in the world Yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, no, actually, I'm going to stand by that. Best in the world. Then I... Yeah, but it's it's right that they get the win here. Brilliant. Um, That makes it 2-1, 2-1-1 NXT win lead. Um, We then go to the secondary title triple threat. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. This is another really good match. Even Nakamura showed up, which, you know... (laughs) I feel like the last time I sat down and praised him in, in this podcast, it was after a triple-foot match as well. So, I might be wrong there. But maybe it's if it is triple-foot matches that's getting the best out of him, maybe it's because he can rest during the match and let the other two men brawl for a bit, which means he can push himself a bit more. Or maybe he just cared today. It, it, it's one of those... You, you don't know. Is it... And it's, it comes back to the Shinsuke Nakamura question. Is his struggles in WWE because he's worn out? Or is it because he's just there for a paycheck? Probably a little bit of both columns, but, you know. Uh, the end comes when uh, AJ AJ Styles hits Nakamura with a phenomenal forearm. Roddy comes in, disposes of AJ, and gets to pin one 2 three on Shinsuke Nakamura. I wouldn't have put Rodri- Roddy over, personally. It makes sense when you look at how they booked the show overall. But I would have had AJ win here. Mainly because I don't think... I don't think... No, okay, this is going to sound quite harsh. And I like Roderick Strong. I think he's very really good. I don't think he's good enough to warrant a win over AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Not in this not not in this ground. But I, I get why they did it and what they're trying to do with it. So both me and Chris went for AJ Styles, which of course was the logical pick. So we're both wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm just sore that my prediction was wrong. I don't know. But next we get to the men's NXT title. This. This was the best match of the night. You know what? This was quite possibly the best match of the weekend. I might even put this over the men's Survivor Series War Game, Not the men's Survivor Series War Games. The men's War Games match. Honestly, this was brilliant. And it's a testament to just how good this match was. that The crowd were a bit dead at the start. Maybe there's a few more of the casual fans there that they didn't really understand who Pete Dunne was. Um, but wow! By the end of it, they were hanging on the entire. Map. It was so good that ending, like that ending. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna describe the whole ending to you because cool. So they do the Panama Sunrise, which is a like a he jumps off the rope and does a Canadian destroyer basically. Which I'm still amazed they allow you can't do a power drop pile driver, but you can do this flippy pile driver, which looks far more dangerous. I it might not be and I might I, again when I because he did this in the was it a cage match with Gargano? Um he did it in that they, they both did one in that, I think. But and I, I'm only, I I mention this again, but it's, it looks so much more dangerous. And again I've never heard of anyone being injured by a Panama Sunrise, but I think it's also... fair Maybe it's not fairly rare. But uh, it depends. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? I've never tra- even trained to wrestle. I just watch it on the app now, on the network. Um, so anyway, Panama Sunrise on the ring apron. Um, and then they both slowly get in. And then, well Dunn is on his knees getting up, Adam Cole hits him with a kick in the head which causes Dunn to spit out his mouthguard, which goes and lands underneath the ropes. Um, Cole goes for a pin, Dunn kicks out, but he sits there and he looks defeated and desperate. And then he sees his mouthguard, which I can only assume for him is sort of a safety blanket type thing where he, he needs it to feel... It's, he, that's him looking for that last vestiges of confidence, of that belief that he can win but he needs to get that mouth guard to make himself feel like he can he's stopped by Adam Cole who stands on his hand as it's just grabbed the mouth guard and then <laughs> Dunn sees that as his chance as he gets hold of a hand and does the handbrake, he then pops up to try and do his finish on him, I can't remember the name of it right now, which Adam Cole, um reverses mid move into another sort of panama sunrise he gets to flip and it just looked i haven't i still don't really know how he worked it but he he did and it looked brilliant he then gets the last shot the last shot in and gets the pin for one two three that was that had everything and you can tell and this is why i think pete done so good because it's that psychology that's he knows, and whether you whether you are down with the hand with the finger breaking and that side of it, and the the very technical bruiser style of Pete Dunne, um, which I know you know especially Chris, the, the the sometimes co-host on here, isn't, but you cannot deny Chris has already denied. We've already talked about this, but you cannot deny <laughs> that that was perfect ending, and that he he gets the very basic, the very things that make wrestling wrestling. He gets it. He does. And Adam Cole is another, but I I would happily watch these guys have a series of matches. I'd more than happily. Um, we both work for Adam Cole because we just don't think it's quite, I think he's getting there. It's about, he's going to lose it soon. I don't think he's quite ready to lose it. Now I'll let him carry it for a bit. I think maybe next takeover, boom pin from someone, maybe champer, Maybe Balor. Um, maybe not Balor because that would be heel versus heel. Um, Champa. Champa who is ridiculously over. Champa who is more over than nearly anyone else on this card. Uh, but next we're going to the secondary title. The universal title. Match Daniel Bryan challenging The Fiend. This definitely was a more interesting feud with Rollins. The Miz works being included. I thought he was a face but he seems to be sort of a heel-ish character now. Um... We don't have. We had that. We had that bit. That that little segment where Brian is getting ready and the Miz comes in, and I don't. I don't remember it being a bit from him, where he's talking about. You know, I, I. I was in the room with him. I felt that that feeling of pure evil. I know you felt it too. This is this is about more than just wrestling. This is this is about our livelihoods and ourselves. And blah, blah, blah. And then Brian just tells him to get out. So I, I don't think that was a bit of so I don't know what the the planning there. I presume they're gonna carry on the feud. Um we don't really know why Bray attacked Brian and started it. Fine. Um this is a fairly basic match, but I quite enjoyed it. It's it's quite hard to book a match of a theme versus anyone. I think you saw the issues of them trying to get... that's, that's it, The issues are what caused the Hell in a Cell match because they don't really know. You can't book him like you would a normal wrestler. And I think that's the issue. This is why I felt that he shouldn't have had a title yet because it's become it really hard to book him because he's still new. He still needs to be really strong. But because he's got a title, you have to book him against top guys that you can't punk out. So you've got to try and make them look strong but make him look scary and unbeatable. So it's a really hard... Balance again. I think they did alright right here, but that's why you go for Daniel Bryan because if anyone's going to be able to work a match like this, Bryan will because he's just so intelligent when it comes to wrestling. Um, The Fiend gets the win, which he has to. Both Fiend and Chris went for him. Boom. Done. Next we have the men's Survivor Series match. So Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Ali, um, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, and. Shorty G. Versus Team NXT. Tommaso Ciampa. Keith Lee. Walter Riddle. Walter Riddle? (laughs) That's not. Walter. Matt Riddle. Damian Priest. Walter was the first pinned. I don't get that. He's the the freshest guy on Team NXT. And he's really, really, really good. And the crowd there knew it. They chanced a bull word, I won't repeat it I, I'm trying not to, yeah, you know but it, it just, it made no sense to me, if you want someone from NXT out early, Priest is a perfect one there, I would have said Keith Lee because there's been questions about his uh, conditioning but I get now with with him being the one they wanted to push in this match, I could see why he wouldn't an option, Chump is definitely not an option Riddle maybe, but I, I would have put Priest out early because he doesn't need it. he's the, for, for someone like him, that rub there is just enough. This is the United Kingdom Championship. In putting him out early, you've buried him. You've also buried NXT UK and the United Kingdom Championship. Um, we get a quick tease of an NXT, Kevin Owens and NXT story. And then they completely waste it by eliminating. Boom. So they can turn it into a Seth Rollins. He'll turn the next night whatever what a waste they had that and what i'm talking about the segment is they had one of the guys from smackdown down or one of the guys from raw down i presume it was ali and owens was so who do i who do i frog Slash? they're both legal and he chooses the smackdown guy and he thought, oh are we gonna get some form of turn or are we gonna get him refused to attack someone or blah 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 and then oh no pretty much a few minutes later he's out cool Quick elimination, quick elimination, which you get in these matches, which is the the big issue. Um, felt a bit more throwaway in this one than in the women's match, but I don't know, maybe that's just because we're now getting jaded in the night. Then we have more infighting. Now, Baron Corbin is the most consistently booked character in all of WWE. His gimmick is he's an idiot. And that's what he does, time and time again. He's that bloke that argues with you just for the sake of arguing. Me, by the way. Um, his 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 character is not wavered, and it's it's a character. It is a character. how irritating it is for us to watch him. He is a character. So, but there's issues between him and Roman Reigns, which of course they were leading up to this because he's been doing the awful big dog skits, which were as bad as the Nakamura ones that he did. You know, was it a year, roughly a few year ago? Maybe a bit longer, I don't know. But it was bad. Really bad. Was it? No, it wasn't him, was it? Now I'm getting my irritating wrestlers mixed up. It was um, Jinder Mahal who did the the the, slightly racist Shinsuke Nakamura stuff. Um, but then they, they brawl and Corbin ends up getting taken out. I can't remember exactly how he got taken out. With Smackdown. It's obvious that Champer is a big deal because the crowd are all for him. You're getting Daddy's home, chance and Let's go Daddy and boom, 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 boom. But Lee was obviously the one they wanted to give a spot to. He was the one and he was the last one in against Roman Reigns, and they went for it back and forth duh, 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 before Reigns gets the win. And then they did the fist bump spot with Reigns and Keith Lee. So boom, he's the one they wanted to give a rub to. And Roman Reigns gets to win, of course. Uh, it was alright. It was a Survivor Series match. It was never going to be much more than that. I feel, for the, for the potential cluster these could have been, both the men's and the women's, I think they went very smoothly. Um, it was obviously quite precise and to the point. But I think they went well. Then we have the WWE title match. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. I should point out that on that one... I correctly predicted Team Smackdown winning. Chris went for Team NXT. So, it's me two up on Chris. Just, just putting that out Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. But I won. Well, I'm winning. Uh, but onto the WWE title match. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. And as we've both gone for the same for the last two matches, I've won. So, whatever. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... doesn't, Honestly, it's not like I'm going to message Chris or lord it over Chris that I won this prediction and I win all the predictions. It doesn't matter. It genuinely does not matter to me. But I won. So, WSR match. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. They worked me on this one. They really, really got me. Of course, both me and Chris came in predicting Brock Lesnar because I thought there's no way. There's no way they're going to let Rey Mysterio beat Brock Lesnar, is there? Is there? And then you get that point... Dominic comes in with a white towel. I don't know whether he's meant to be calling it off or whatever, but it was a distraction and, and Ray got a little bit back and then Brock starts him again. And at this point, I was still like, well, yeah, Brock's going to win. It's just going to be maybe Dominic's going to get whooped. And then Dominic comes in with a chair and he starts going boom, 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 boom on him. Um, He's not Kofi Kingston, of course, but he's Dominic. And he gets a few chair shots in on the back and then Brock gets positioned for 6 or 9 do a double six one nine, which I marked out in and kind of point out for for this um I was watching this Monday during the day we were um with my daughter who was having an infusion in the hospital. It was just like a six hour effort we for a good from sort of getting there to we were there for quite a long a few hours. I was in the hospital we've got the curtains around us because I'm not looking at other people while I'm anywhere but <laughs> I marked out in the hospital for that that father-son 619. And then they go up on there and Dominic hits the splash. And I'm like, I'm sat sort there of going, he's going he's gonna to win. They're going to let Ray beat Brock. Oh, my God. And then Brock kicks out and pops up. And boom, F5. And he's down. Done. Um, apart from that really, really nice moment. It was a fairly standard Brock versus Little Man match. He's, he's always seen to be the ones he works the best with. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's again the thing is the guys he's gone up against, which are Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and Rey Mysterio, are some of the best guys in the business. So maybe it's who he's working with. I don't know. Um, but that quick ending makes Brock look deadly, and that even when he's injured, he just book and down and you're done. That is really good booking for someone that still isn't around that much. Anyway, we then get to the final match of the evening. The women closing out with the women's champion, uh, Triple Threat, Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. The final slot in these pay per views is now the death slot. The crowd were done. Even I was fatigued watching this, and I wasn't even there in the crowd. I was sat in a chair. I had coffee and KFC to keep me happy. Um, maybe it was hurt by that Rey Mysterio high and the quick Brock win, I don't know but it was done, now the first thing you see is Emo Bailey walking out with her little I don't know where she was meant to look like her sort of like oh, I can't think of a word like some sort of yogi with her cha, chakra crystal is that, is that chakra crystal? I I'm not a crystal person um, but she comes down with a little headpiece on and um killing the conspiracy about her title which is the that it spells aew and they wouldn't let her wear it around her waist so it doesn't spell aew maybe she wore out because because of that conspiracy theory maybe it was a big big two fingers up this match really struggles to live up to the rest of the paper i felt it just didn't quite click although i really did like baszler especially when she got bailey was two times when she really the time when Bailey's running along, I think she's gonna run and jump off on Becky Lynch. So she's running along the apron, and bailey just appears and grabs her in a in a chin lock. Becky sells that brilliant. and then the final where she gets her in the is it Kimura clutch? I might be getting my wrestling hold completely mixed up, but she gets her in the in the submission move, and again Bailey sells brilliantly. Her selling is brilliant, and she d- it does look like bailey's about to take her head off completely. It's really good, um, and that is where she finally gets the tap and. They did the thing. They did it properly. They t- She she fought to get out of it for a while. She didn't just give in and go, oh, this is the finishing move. I'll tap now. She fought and she it, she sold and it. It's that is one of those little deals that really irritates me because it means that any time they get in a submission, you go, oh, well, she's going to get out because she would have tapped by now. But no, when you stay and you fight for that final one, it makes it actually look real. And then you get the Becky Lynch beat down at the end, which is consistent with a character and keeps it hot. Keeps her hot. Um, I don't really know what the point is because I don't think you're going to get any more Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch stuff going forward. But apart from, well, apart from keeping a keeping a heat on her. Um, but me and Chris both went for Shayna Baszler, and Shayna Baszler gets the win, which in the end it ended up for NXT 4 SmackDown 2 Raw 2, which is big. But it it makes sense because the point of this pay again was to show just how. Strong NXTR and to to promote NXT for people so they can beat, AEW in the water. So he it did his job there perfectly. Well, I know you're sad, but it's time for the outro. um We actually went a lot longer than I expected us to, especially after the NXT part. I thought it was going to be quite a quick one, but we got quite a bit of talking done. um So you can find uh me personally. Brazier twenty-five us on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find the Life Junkies on Twitter, the underscore Life Junkies. You can also find the Life Junkies on Facebook, the Life Junkies Twenty Five. Um, you can find I have a football manager Twitter account, which will be uh, the idea that it'll be run as the manager of whoever I'm managing. Manager of whoever I'm managing, yeah, whichever manager I'm playing as in the game. So at the moment it is Frank Lampard. But it will be it will be changing when I change managers. Um that is Brazier FM. Um Chris also has a football manager account which I will plug because I'm about to plug his stuff. Um problem is I can't find it on my um thing. Give me two seconds. He is uh, has he deleted it? black crow so at fm underscore black crow there you go i could have done that i might edit that but i'm not going to because that require effort you can find all of our blogs videos podcasts whatever on the life 25.wordpress.com um i would sit here and plug a thing to you but i haven't nothing's gone up apart from sort of our old effortful manager content but um you will find that after this podcast, of this podcast should be going up at ten a.m. on Friday. So if you're listening to it at ten a.m. on Friday, you will find that we will have a a new episode of from Chris going up of the Black Crow Corporation episode three going out later today. He will also have a written post, which will go out later tonight. Um, if you're listening, to this, of course, after Friday, then it's already gone up. Um, there's also our new fm podcast feed so if you're listening to you'll be if you listening to this on an itunes provider of choice then go and search for life junkies fm that is where you will get all of our football Manager content so chris's audio stuff that he's doing now my audio stuff i'm going to do later on in the year and then um we will try and put podcasts at any football manager podcasts will be on both channels, um, but I will be re-releasing the one I did with uh, Mr Mike Recording and Tony FN Grasshopper. So I'll be re-releasing that probably today, um, probably later on today. Also, back episodes of this podcast available on YouTube. Of course, our online our SoundCloud provider can only put so much on so stuff will be deleted but so if it's your first time hearing this you can go on YouTube and find our back catalogue it's all in a playlist on there Um, next week we will hopefully be talking FN20 if I can't find Chris I will have a backup podcast if I can't Um, so come check us out I also want one last plug for the Latte Quarterly which is it's been put together by some good friends of mine it's a football manager sort of PDF-esque magazine type thing Go check that out. Search it out. It's got some really good and interesting uh, articles they've written, which is a step away from their current saves. So in similar to the way that we, um, both of me and Chris started writing on here to give us a bit more freedom, they started that to give them some freedom to talk about things that aren't necessarily a save. Um, so just for example, um, Mr. FM Adventure, Matt, talks about what's in choosing a save. Um, Mr. Samo FM Samo talks about... Um his, his FM Love and why he hides it under a bushel, whereas uh Mike according to FM, friend of the podcast, talks about his diary of being a football manager daddy, while Tony, FM Grasshopper, does a fairly boring tactical post. Anyway, check it out and go give them some love and come back next week when we talk about Football Manager and goodbye.
0: I the light off, for the very last time I turned my mind off, continued in my prime I sat and listened, to all that was wrong And now it's over, someone's hit my gun. I sat on the chair now, with a paper and pen Writing my journal, but it doesn't make sense But I should have listened This is how it was put My phone's on the signal And I'm stuck in the flat. Every time I walk in I had to Wipe my feet on the mat I told my trying cause I've done it before And now it's time To go home My mind's gone blank Everything's yeah, the saver but Much inspiration in my head today. Just want to release it all, but it won't come out. Sometimes I wonder just what life's all